Welcome back to Recorded Conversations, the podcast that's dedicated to compassionately considering all perspectives while engaging in authentic, connected dialogue. I'm Danielle Kingstrom. Controversy creates conversations. The conversations in themselves are controversial because there's a potential to understand that which you oppose. Once one is willing to understand the thing that they originally opposed, there's no longer opposition, which means there's no longer division. Can you imagine what the world would look like if we left behind the opportunistic potentiality of division by the wayside and discovered that we're all one? Conversations are ways in which we connect to the other. Connection is the energy that leads to love of the neighbor. It is because we are not willing to connect with our neighbor that we have been so deficient in our capacity to love our neighbor as God loves us and as we are called to love ourselves. We haven't connected to our neighbor. After I read Psychedelic Christianity by Jack Call, I was invited to consider a new view of my neighbor by proximity. Initially, that was a jarring realization. In turn, I sought a new way of understanding people. I wanted to reduce the lack of connections I had created in order to fully understand myself. Oddly, that meant that I had to understand others more compassionately and without judgment. It means that I resist the desire to judge others because in doing so, I condemn myself. That's in Romans 2, 1. More so, it means that I start offering grace to those whom I have condemned because they have condemned me. For there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1 reminds us. And to start, this means that I have to extend grace to my in-laws who have wreaked havoc on my marriage. This means that I extend grace and forgiveness to my mother and sisters, despite the treacherous and wretched things they've accused me of. And from there, it means that all those whom I have decided no longer quote-unquote deserve my friendship will be but a peaceful memory in my mind and heart as I let all the anger and contempt dissolve. Now, mind you, this does not mean that I invite these people back into my life. It means that I show gratitude for the place they served in my life to reflect to me the things that I needed to see. What did I need to see? I needed to see the capacity within me to do, say, and behave exactly as they do. That's what Romans 2.1 is about to me. It's about acknowledging that when I am willing to condemn another, to judge another, I must also be willing to point toward myself and see that I have the potential to mimic each and every extreme behavior that another does for ill. And that's not a simple task. Taken to the extreme depravity of humankind, that means I must be willing to see myself as Hitler, or as a pedophile, as a sex trafficker, as a slave trader, as a rapist, as a murderer, as a racist. And many of us are not willing to admit that if given a different set of circumstances in life, each and every one of us has the potential to choose evil over good. Given a completely different set of experiences, each one of us has the potential to be the next Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Vladimir Putin, or Kim Jong-un. The truth is what sets us free. And in freeing ourselves, our minds, and our hearts, we must be willing to look at that which we condemn and judge as evil and accept that in our freedom, in our free will, We elected to choose good over evil, but that doesn't mean that choice was easily made. 
Who of us has not been tempted to act on our anger and vindictive thoughts? Who of us has not been seduced into believing that just this once we could take our revenge and no one would know? It's dangerous for us to sit on the sides and cling to the idea that we are not as potentially evil as the evil we see around us. Are we sinners or saints? And if we are so willing to call ourselves saints, are we also willing to suggest that the evil we see practiced is practiced by saints as well? Or are they the sinners and we are the saints? What I see transpiring in humankind is our inability to recognize that the evil we call out is the evil we have the capacity to perpetuate. We must be mindful of this when we are willing to condemn another. You, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. That's Romans 2.1 again. How do we counteract this way of judging others? Conversation. Conversations must be had, no matter how controversial the questions and exchanges may be. The context of any conversation will always depend on the authentic shared experience of others, with a willingness to be bold enough to tell their truths. If everyone's views cannot be received equally, equality will never reign as a virtue embraced by all. If we are not willing to come together to converse and share our experiences, we will never be able to understand the other, and therefore we will be left inept to remedy all of our problems. Our hearts are suffering from our unwillingness to listen to the heart of another. And in doing so, we only perpetuate the evils that we claim to want to end. So let's get to talking to one another. And once we've joined the discussion, remember the words of James 1.19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. In today's episode, we join David Hoffman for our next recorded conversation. David Hoffman is the sign owner. He is the center of the controversy of the Olivia sign debacle that our city council and community members have been dealing with since the beginning of January 2021. Now, I stand for the freedom of speech. I support it. I value the constitutional amendment, and I believe that everybody has the right to exercise what they believe and what they stand for. But free speech is not an abdication of individual responsibility for the power of the words and the impact that they make. We are to be sensible, prudent even, in our tone and demeanor and with the content we share with others. The freedom to express oneself is a great power and one that comes with a great responsibility. Words have power and so does knowledge. And if we choose to exercise our right to free speech in a way that doesn't edify and encourage, We are abusing our rights. Sure, we have the right to be an asshole, but that doesn't mean behaving with that mentality and acting in that capacity is going to win you any friends. Your right, so long as you are not inciting violence, protects you from the government, not your neighbor. We have a responsibility in the way we exercise our rights. And let me be clear, these rights that we exercise are actions. And when we launch action against something, we damn well better be prepared to give just cause as to why. 1 Corinthians 8, 9 says this, Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. 1 Corinthians 10, 23-24 says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Now, this very statement, seeking the good of others, it comes from the Apostle Paul, and it's something that I get stuck on. And maybe you've noticed it throughout, but I have a little bit of a 
sensation reaction to collectivist ideas. I am an Ayn Rand fan. I have been reading Atlas Shrugged throughout this sign debacle, trying to just better inform myself on a different view of individual rights and how we should work to protect them. So I have been challenged by the opinions and views of all of the people that I have interviewed for this Getting to Know Your Neighbor series. I believe that the government's role is to protect the individual, not the collective, not the community, not the, the Democrats or the Republicans, but the individual. And so for me, this has been a struggle. This has been a struggle to take a side. This has been a struggle to show that I have support and encouragement for each individual that I have had a conversation with in letting them know that I'm not judging them and that I'm not trying to mock them or degrade their views, but I don't agree with them. And that's okay. And that's the whole point of my podcast. That is the point of my mission in life is to figure out how to reconcile disagreement and not have it lead to division. Can I accept disagreement? Can I tolerate it? Can I be open to the fact that everybody has a different view and that we don't have to have the same exact values, that we don't have to have the same beliefs, that we don't have to stand for the same ideas? Relationships are about acceptance, acceptance of diversity, of disagreement, of difference. And anyone that's been married knows this. There is a lot of sacrifice, there's a lot of negotiation. There's a lot of oscillation between agreement and disagreement within relationships. When we disagree in a marriage, it doesn't have to mean divorce. So I wonder why when we disagree within a friendship, it means the end of a friendship. It means disconnection. Disagreement doesn't have to equal disconnection. And so for me, here in this next episode with David Hoffman, I do disagree with what he's doing. And it doesn't matter, and he doesn't have to care that I disagree. Even though I disagree with what he's doing, it doesn't mean that I'm not willing to understand why he's doing it. And what I've come to learn and what I repeat over and over throughout this podcast is that when we first want to judge something, it's better that we pause and we take that judgment off the table and we go and we find some insight and information as to what specifically we're judging. For me and from what I interpreted from the way the council handled this matter to the way the community responded and reacted to this matter, I think it was done under the guise solely of judgment and without understanding, without compassion, without consideration. And that's not a moral judgment on the way anyone has interacted with this matter. This is a program that we all fall victim to and that we think we're called to judge. We must judge things. We must judge what is right and wrong. We must point out what is good and evil. We must point our finger at bad people and their bad actions so that other people know not to do it. And that's just the social program. But how about we invite in a new social program, one in which we see something taking place and instead of judging the action and the person, we just stop for a minute and we go, maybe I'm not sure about what I'm seeing. Maybe I don't have all the information. Maybe there's something deeper underneath the surface that I should pull back and look at. Maybe I should get my shovel and dig, right? And so throughout the series, that's what it's about, digging. And if you stand for something and you want to share what you stand for, 
I'm going to be one of those people that's going to come up and ask you why. In this next segment, I ask why. I asked David Hoffman to share why he put up the sign, what it represents, what he believes, what he values, what kind of conflicts he's faced since he's put this sign up, what kind of message he hopes to spread, what kind of change he wants to see. We tackle that and more, and we talk about what are some ways that we can make the city of Olivia more inviting, that we can make smaller towns more inviting. And what can we do within small communities so that we're not leaving people out on the fringes, so that we're not excluding people? How can we be a more inclusive community? We can think globally, but we only have the capacity to act locally. And if we're not acting locally within our communities, if we're not trying to figure out a way to have conversations and to commune with our neighbors, then I think our fight for any global change is fruitless. Listeners, this is part four of Getting to Know Your Neighbor, and I ask you to compassionately consider the perspective of David Hoffman. Enjoy the episode. And how did you end up in Olivia? Because what I came to know is we're both not, not from, from around here. here. Yep. So where are you from and what made you come out here? I'm from Lesur originally. And then my kid's mom, her mom lived up here. Her dad's from Lesur. So we've known each other 20 years now. So yeah. it's, And one day she's like, oh, I'll stop by Olivia. I was going out to the oil fields in Dakotas and came back. Didn't even know we were driving through this town. And then I ended up a week or two later just coming on up. Really? And I haven't left. Bought a house, had a kid. And so you live here now, you've made it your home. How long have you been here? For the end of February, I believe, it'll be six years that I've had this house. And then we lived in the apartments for four years, five years. You've been out here about a decade. About ten years or so, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I've been in the Olivia area for about a decade, too. But I lived in Renville for a while when I first transplanted from the cities. So you're out here, and I, I drove by your sign one day I was driving around with a friend we were just chit-chatting and he's like look 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 at his house and I saw a fuck Biden and I thought oh nice right um and then I started hearing people talking about it and my friend that I was with who pointed out he's in different councils and organizations so he told me there's been grumblings about it and I'm like oh boy well what's going on you know and he sent me the council minutes and I listened and I was kind of appalled at what I heard when did you put this sign up did you have it up during campaign season? Nope. So the fuck Biden one was new. That was new. But you had a, I had, a Trump supporter? Did oh you yeah, have, I had okay. two Trump flags up. One was just Trump 2020, make America great again, and then Trump 2020, no more bullshit. And did that draw any attention? That or? was up for six years and never... Nothing. Yeah, because when I bought them, I buy multiples. So when they get tattered, yeah. switch them out. Yeah. I still have five or six of them left and no one ever complained no one said about it or about that nope but then it was it in january you put the fuck biden yep it was and so that was right before inauguration it came right 
I believe it came right oh, right before the inauguration. I had it up. I put it up in the evening. The next morning, Jason Krumhauer was knocking on the door. I already had complaints yep. within 24 hours. Yep. And not because it's anti-Biden, but because fuck. Yeah, it swears. You know, it's really interesting. I don't know if you've seen this, but Netflix has this special called The History of Swear Words. Yep. And so they did one on fuck, and I went and I, I watched it. I watched it a couple times just to kind of get an understanding of why it's so offensive. And what I get from the way, what people are complaining about, it's that word. It's not even the fact that it's anti-Biden. But what's interesting is the mayor made it sound like, but it's something deeper than that. And what we're seeing is a deeper divide and these little pockets of different cliques within the community mm -hmm. who are voicing opinions and trying to maybe more or less get people to conform to their way versus what everyone wants a diverse way so what have some of the complaints been have any of your neighbors said anything well these neighbors are diehard democrats so they've hated all the trump stuff anyway they're nice people they'll say hi and stuff yeah. but they don't really grumble too much about it my other neighbor, Marissa, she's never home, so and I take care of her yard and sidewalk and stuff all year. She's never, she's nothing politics, so she don't yeah. say nothing. And then behind me, he's for Trump, but he stays quiet on it just because of his position. It's hard, to, it's hard to support Trump or even announce you're Republican right now. Yeah. It seems like that ties a lot of associations to it. You're racist and... You fit this type of person, you're in this group of you. people, and we can make these assumptions about who you are without knowing you simply because you, you said I voted for Trump. You. Yeah. So, your neighbors aren't complaining to you about it, not directly to your face, no. but you have had communication from people that have reached out to you. And what are they saying? Just are they are they being nice about it? They're or are being they respectful about it. They see the freedom of speech part of it. It's just with kids and stuff is their main concern. Yeah. Which is understandable, but I'm the type I'm not gonna shelter my kid. Yeah. He hears it all and you go to the grocery store, you'll hear people oh, swearing left and right. Absolutely. Or the video games they play, the mm -hmm. stuff they watch on YouTube, there's way worse than a fuck Biden flag. It's Yeah. How do you talk to your kids about swear words? If he gets hurt or something, he says, oh shit, it's fine. He doesn't get to run around and just yeah. swear all the time because we'll get after him for that. Yeah. Or like if the nephew's over and he swears because he swears a lot, we get after him or I'll say, hey, you're going to get hot sauce if you keep it up. Yeah. And then they stop. Yeah. I always think it's interesting. Um, my One of my sons, he is nonverbal autistic. So he slowly learning to speak okay. and he says oh fuck all the time and he says oh shit all the time and I get caught in this challenge of I'm so happy he's talking and in the right context right because yeah. he does it when he should say it he drops something or he made a mess right but then at the same time I don't want to tell him not to, to speak because I'm happy so he's speaking might go backwards. and so what I've done is I've told my children I get why you're saying these words they're cool because you know they're taboo but there's a power in these words mm -hmm. and we have a responsibility and I always say until you've lived and as an adult and you've experienced what shit and fuck, fuck actually feels like in life don't use the words mm -hmm. I want you to understand the meaning behind them and so I'm wondering then we talk about meaning here what is the meaning of fuck Biden what is what what are you trying to say beyond just those two words Obviously, I'm anti-Biden, mm -hmm. but with everything, it seems 
our rights are just getting taken left and right. Mm-hmm. You gotta wear a mask. You can't do this. You can't do that. Kids can't go to school. They're stripping you of everything that you should be able to do. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't do it, like I don't wear a mask. I have yet to wear one. I won't wear one. I've had remarks walking in the stores, and I just I could care less. I'm just kind of go about your business. Yep. You're in there to patronize well, everyone, the company and. Seems everyone's more worried about everyone else rather than themselves, and that's, it gets old. It seems like that we have um, created a society in which we surveil our neighbors instead of getting to know them and loving them. And so we're tattling on them, and I saw that coming about, what, we tattle on your neighbors for having more than 10 people over, tattle on your neighbors if you see them at a party or something. without a mask on outside having a cigarette, and I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. But it is. We've gotten into the business of not minding our own business. Mm -hmm. And I see that distinctly within our local community, but it stems outward nationally and worldwide. It seems like we're all in everybody's business. And when I first heard about this issue, and now I'm not going to lie, I've teetered back and forth. I'm like, okay, well, uh, how long does this point need to be made, right? I've asked those questions. And did you make your point? Are you creating the conversations you want? But maybe you're not. But then on the other side, I'm like, what somebody does on their own property is nobody else's business so long as it's not harming somebody yeah and then we get caught up into this okay so do words hurt now i was brought up with that old mantra sticks and stones may break my bones but names will never hurt me Mm -hmm. if i choose not to give power to those words they're not going to have power over me if you don't let it affect you it's but so many are letting those four letters affect them in such a way that they are demanding the council do something, do something, do something, do something. And it seems like maybe even given from the last council meeting they had, they want to just do it. Here's what we think. Here's a little mission statement. We stand up and declare we, we don't agree with this sign and kind of like wants to see the community take care of it. Yeah. And not take care of it like go do whatever you want and rip signs down and start fights, but can we create dialogues within the community where we're talking about this and and what these words mean but at the same time say your wife or your kid wasn't happy with the sign what would you do then like what if they were like i really don't like those that word out what would you she doesn't but she stays out of yeah anything politics it's yeah because she she knows i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do anyways it's just how i am but yeah, I'm the same way with my husband. He'll she say, stays, I don't think you should do she that. She stays neutral on it. Yeah. She'll give her opinion on it, but, like, right away when I ordered the flags, she knew it was going to cause an issue, but... Yeah. Which it obviously has. Yeah. Do you find that you're talking to more people about it because of it? Are you having more I've conversations? I've been meeting people left and right that I have no clue who the hell they are. And yeah. Then they start talking about it. Or I've got people asking for flags left and right. Now they see nothing can be done. They want to support it too. And so Kalahar's fear, based on what he said in the meeting, was now you're multiplying. And it's Those people multiplying. are multiplying yep. and those ideas. And I was really taken aback by those words because... For me, now I pay attention to the language and the discourse on both sides, right? And if you pay attention, you can see that the liberal language tends to be a little different. But there are choice phrases which they find to be offensive. Calling people those people. When we say that, when we other people, right? And we create this dividing line automatically like, they're less than me, we're better than that. And the we're better than that thing. 
And he also said something about, you know, our parents would have never stood for this. And I, and I even questioned myself in approaching this with him, which I didn't, but I thought my parents are probably the same age as Kalahar. And when I think of his parents, I think of what era were we living in? Do we want to go back to that kind of idea yeah. where if you don't agree with me, then I'm going to separate you? And it kind of, it kind of sounds a little communistic to me. Exactly. This collective idea, this collective values, this community group mindedness, it seems to be what's being called for. Now, I don't know if behind it, the reasoning is because they want socialism and communism, but I think it's a program, right? We're all convinced that if we need like-minded individuals to be in our group, because if they don't think like this, us, something must be wrong with them. And what I find from you is that you're like, I don't care what other people think about me, and maybe that's the message you want other people to kind of embrace. Like, we shouldn't care about what other people yeah, think about us. Yeah, don't be worried about what everyone else thinks. Just do yourself. Yeah, because like in that meeting they had, it was more name calling and anything. Yeah. It, it made our city, honestly, look like a bunch of children running. Not the whole group. Yeah, but the ones that chose. The ones that acted out and everything, they made us, as a town, look like shit. Yeah, and that has been what I've seen most people complaining about is the choice of words. Mm -hmm. Those people don't let them multiply idiocy, morons, knuckleheads. And I thought, well, we're talking about an individual person. And last I checked, I thought they all knew your name. So yeah. uh, there was no identification of humanity behind you, the person they were talking about. And I think that struck everybody else. The people I disagree with are less than human and don't even deserve the dignity the, the dignity of being recognized mm -hmm. as a person and that their ideas matter and for me that was a big thing individual rights matter mm -hmm. even individual opinions and your opinion isn't the same as everybody else but that doesn't mean it's wrong yeah do you think we're caught up in the right wrong dichotomy oh yeah if 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 i say something and you don't agree with it you have to prove that i'm wrong but it we makes sense but we can just come together and realize that it doesn't matter everyone's different like their mission statement i question too and have you have you heard have you read it have you seen it yeah you sent me did i send you the mission statement well i don't know if it was a statement i know it was about so the statement of shared values that yeah. the city of olivia we the stakeholders of olivia are uniting together to deliver a message stating our collective community values so my question on that first topic was what are our values and are we going to presume we all have the same values Exactly. And then Olivia is a place of decency. Well, how are we defining decency? You know, these are the these are the little confusing constructs of words that really create confusion for us. And people are like, I can get on board with being a decent person, but what does that mean? And if you are not fitting the mold of decent, are you a knucklehead? Are you a moron? Called it. So what are you hoping takes place here? Do you want? Do you want other people to find confidence and courage to show what they stand for? Show what for? they believe and not be afraid of you're going to have people doing what they're doing to me. And there's another guy in town, too, that... Yeah, we Bernie. Were, yeah, Bernie. We were the first two that had flags up. Yeah. And then now Haley's got one right next to Casey's. Really? So it's... Kalahar's so, getting what he was worried that would happen, but in a way it's to show him, hey, we're not just going to be quiet and just because you don't like it it's yeah. if you own the house you should be able to do whatever you want 
I absolutely agree. I agree. I spent two years in court over city ordinances for my yard. Really? Like what? I well, I, one time I had a bunch of scrap metal, which obviously I had to clean up. When I built a pallet shed to store it all in, so it was organized and out of sight. I built Jace a pallet shed that was his fort, and he kept all his outdoor stuff in there. So it taught him, when you're done playing with something, go put it away. Well, that was in violation of city ordinances and. A pallet shed is. Yep. So you own the property, but, but you I can't... But I can't do nothing on the property. Okay. And now, our whole deck is full of all his outdoor stuff, so it, it looks worse now than it did when it was all put away. You should see our farm. It's scrap metal everywhere, and I don't even care. <laughs> I filled my... My garage is plump full of all the scrap metal that I had, because yeah. it wasn't worth taking in yet. Yeah, I do... I remember Calhar saying something like that. If I don't mow my lawn, you're, you're on me. And I always think that's such a weird rule that we enforce an, an ordinance. Well, and honestly, Olivia doesn't have that ordinance. My neighbor, since I've lived here, she's never mowed her yard. We don't actually mow our lawn more than like twice in the summer because we've read that the less you mow your lawn... The less it grows. Well, and the less carbon you release into the air. Because every time you mow the lawn, all that carbon that was sequestered is now just released. Mm-hmm. Instead of it going all the way down through the root system into and the soil. In, into the soil. And so that actually irritates my father-in-law who works on the farm that we live at because aesthetics, you know, I I feel like everybody is very concerned with aesthetics and what your house looks like says something about who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that is ridiculous. Sometimes our houses are, you know, happenstances. We don't always necessarily go, I have all these options and this house just says me, right? You know? And I think we allow these material things to just um, be used as the way that we identify people instead of sitting down and doing this and Meeting having a conversation. And, and yeah, it seems like we're scared to get to know our neighbors. Quick to judge. And yeah, we'd rather judge them and dismiss them than get to know them and see that we're parents, we have kids, and we probably do have the same values, but we shouldn't assume it, right? Like. That's the thing that bothers me about this whole thing is assuming that there's a shared value system when we haven't identified what the system is. And a lot of people think that your fuck Biden sign is kind of a F you to the system too and the establishment and the way things are done. Do you see that the the political system and, and our government branches are kind of like showing that they're worthless? worthless? Well, look what happened in the cities all summer long. They yeah. got to be burned down. Nothing came out of it. National Guard was sent there, but, oh, you got to back down. Normally, you wouldn't think that would even be an issue. You, they would stop, let it burn down. Yeah. I never thought it would get... I could see a riot for a day, yeah. but then when they're burned down, police departments, businesses that... Most of them were minorities that owned the businesses that yeah. they burned down, and they're wanting equal rights for other races. Well, you're destroying what these people... They put their whole lives on the line to build... Yeah. And now they're gone because they destroyed the cities. And now our lovely governor, that yeah. I'm not uh, a fan Lake of Street, either. Lake Street, Hennepin, down by Calhoun Square. I used to hang out there when I was a kid. And I remember all of the new businesses that had just kind of come in there within the last 10 years. It was like this big progressive milestone down there because mm-hmm. there were more black and brown owners down there. And I thought, and then they just let them burn it down. And these people were pleading with the protesters. But I think we discovered that so many people were actually bussed in there 
and sent in there deliberately to create this uproar. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's videos all over the place. I actually just saw a video from Project Veritas that shows that that woman who was shot at the Capitol wasn't actually killed. She wasn't actually shot. And they have all of these exposés coming out showing that there are these, I don't know, divergent soldiers working to just create chaos so that they can effectively turn around and take away our right to protest. Mm -hmm. Well, look, with the Capitol, there are security guards moving fences and opening doors. Shuffling and, people in, maneuvering yeah. them through, telling them where to go. And then it's, it's all go. one person's fault. It's all Trump's fault that it happened. He wasn't there saying, hey, go around this barrier, let's go in. In my mind, it's pretty much showing that they're not above anyone. Anyone could, they proved it, you could walk into the most secure person in the country yeah. and... It was like nothing. It's it's all been very confusing, and a lot of a lot of more growing voices are are sounding the alarms to show that there is something going on within the government. There's this huge shift. There's this shift in our social structure altogether, and I think that's what's creating a lot of this angst and and this infighting within our community. Even it's just we're all so concerned about what's going to happen next that I think we take it out on each other and mm -hmm. we project and we make these assumptions and you know we want to scapegoat we want to point our finger at the person that's responsible because somehow that makes us feel better but when we point our finger at someone it doesn't solve the problem no. so in the name of reconciliation is there any foreseeable presentation that someone could deliver to you that would make you take your flight down no. You just want to stand it'll, by it? Yeah, it'll stay up. Eventually, I'm sure I'll take it down, but... Yeah. For the time being, I'm not. For now, you just want to show your position mm -hmm. and let people understand. Well, like, now the school, they rerouted the buses. They don't come by here no more. Really? Which, I call it a win, because the way they come flying around this corner, there's mm -hmm. little kids walking. It's it's calmer without the buses flying up and down the road. Yeah. And granted, like, if we go back to normal... JC used to get picked up right in front of the house, but since they're going to school in town here, it's three blocks away. You just he can't get on a bus because if you're on this side of town, there's no busing. Yeah, and your sign doesn't necessarily mean fuck Olivia because no. I mean I can see that you stand for the people. I, I love that you have your vote no sign out there. Because election time, my whole front yard, I had everyone. I didn't care who you're running yeah. for. It was yeah, you had you had uh, John Hawkinson and and his uh, contender, yep. didn't you? Um, Daily. Yeah. And then for the school board members, mm -hmm. I had all them out there too. So yeah. it was equal opportunity of Showing everyone your got their name for out. The community. Yeah. yeah. And this year we had the most people running for city council, everything. Yeah. Which normally you have the same person every year. I wonder what the voter turnout was for this area. I bet it was significantly higher than in years past. I know a lot of people were talking about it. I know a lot of young people started getting interested mm -hmm. in voting and paying attention to their local community. And honestly, I've always pushed against politics and I've kind of wanted to disassociate myself from government and all of those systems. And then someone was like, okay, but are you at least paying attention to your community? And I thought, no. Was I and supposed it's one of those to? That you, yeah. And then when I did, I started noticing, okay. And I remember I started paying attention when the school board was fucking shit up again a couple of years ago. And I, I, my kids are homeschooled. I mean, I'm not even in the district, right? But I was like, this is absurd, like, that other people have to go through this in order to educate their children. Well, and, like, 
the whole school thing, I know that's been a big topic. $90 million referendum. Well, and it started as like 30 and then it went 60 and then after all the interest, it's $90 million. There's no blueprints, there's no evidence of what they're going to do. And it's all for aesthetics again. They need a school <coughs> that looks good because if the school looks good, somehow the teachers are going to perform better. And yeah, I just it, think... Well, what gets me is they spent all that money to do a parking lot. Yeah. Why not? You knew stuff was wrong in both schools. Why not put money towards that my buddy Ryan he graduated in the 90s from Bold mm -hmm. it was gravel the whole time he went to school there mm -hmm. he's like it was gravel up until they made it tar yeah. why did it have to become tar now when they knew the pools were bad the windows the no pool's AC. been bad forever I thought they knew it. I know it seems like it's just about the aesthetics it's about the exterior that's important and and I understand because population is decreasing in the area, school enrollments are down, they're trying, the EDA is working hard as they can to try and figure out a way to develop this economically as a community that's inviting, but then we come up to issues like this that's not very inviting, yeah. you know, we're outsiders. Well, it makes that people that want to come move this community, they want to buy a house, well, it's going to steer them away once they realize how much more property tax they're going to be and everything else. Cost of living is going to go up in town. Yeah, and they don't and to to present this in the era of COVID, yeah. essentially is ridiculous. Yeah, a lot of people they're still keeping their kids home and doing virtual rather than sending them back to school. Yeah. Why have this big fancy building? It's the and it and I even proposed that I got into a discussion about it and I'm like, okay, why don't we? just start the transformation now of how we educate our kids and let's eliminate these buildings and if we have technology capability where we can teach them at home why wouldn't we yeah why wouldn't we reduce the resources we use especially climate change climate change climate change shouldn't we be reducing the resources and the energy we're using shouldn't we also be encouraging families learning with their children together because there are so many situations where parents can't even do the math yeah. that their kids are doing and well, now this I was way good you're at teaching math together. In school and now this common core I graduated in advanced calculus and advanced trig and I can't understand the fourth and fifth graders' homework. Oh I know my husband's math was too and when when we were when the kids were the older kids were going to bold, they'd bring this stuff home and I'm like, Why on God's green planet are they making you make math so much longer than it needs mm -hmm. to be? You're you're taking a ten minute assignment into an hour assignment because of all the steps you got to take and show all your work and yeah and i get it was to give them a different way to do math but i think aren't we leaning towards more efficient ways and instead of less efficient. yeah we're advancing technologically so can't we advance the mind and the consciousness at the mm -hmm. same time and how do we advance our community then how do we invite people out here what do you think we should do i mean what would you like to see transpire from all of this for these council members to finally realize they can't talk about their citizens this way. Yeah. You know? Well, like this town, there's nothing for kids to do. Mm. And that they want to have families come here, but we don't have... I know, I keep saying we need a water park out here. That or open the, get the bowling alley going again. And mm. That's a family activity. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you literally have parks. That's... In the summer, it's fine going to a park, but... Well, last summer, you couldn't go to a park. Yeah, that were all... banned from being outside yep. because COVID just sits there in a pocket right in front of the slide. Well, like for us, we got an extra park in our backyard. Yeah. And a kid that loves going to the park, he saw it all wrapped up. He can't go there. He'd ride his bike to the end of the alley waiting to see when the rope was down. 
and not just for having kids it wasn't yeah we've had to lock our kids up and keep them con contained they pretty much had like a two-year summer break is what it feels like because they're at home non-stop and what happens if all of the, the the covid ordinances relax and the people that do live here realize that this whole last year didn't provide them with what they thought it was and they leave i mean yeah. I, I i worry about more people leaving the area instead of coming Wanting here to come here because you want to come here but all of the businesses keep closing None yeah, of them you, you can go on the main open. drag and there's, there's jimmy's nothing. pizza that's been closed yeah. longer than we it's used been to open. have restaurants out here and now mm -hmm. there's nothing and so it's like how do we revitalize this area and I mean, some of their revitalization programs are really good. They have great merit, and the intention is is really good, but just no follow through. It seems because they're not talking to all people. They have a type of person in yep. mind. There is a certain type of business owner. There is a certain type of model citizen, and if you don't fit that mold, then you're not included. I mean, I felt like that with even Corn Capital days. All yeah. the times I tried to participate, be a big donator as a business owner all of that stuff and i thought there's no recognition no one will let I, we join churches everything right and it was like hi i'm in the area and i would like to get to know my neighbor and there is a very closed off clicky you can't sit with us attitude out here very reminiscent of mean girls i mean i remember thinking i went to eden prairie okay that was preppy rich elitism but they were nice they were nicer than small come out here and everybody is so kind of tight and hard-lined in their clicks that they're not going to give you a chance well you think of small to towns you. small towns you think of everyone as a community there there's really no community here it's so divided it's that clicks lots unless of you got money or a really good last name you don't yeah the name reputation out here your name precedes you or if you have a name they know oh i know you mm -hmm. i get that all the time oh i know you no you no, don't. don't i've never met you you know yeah. my last name you know and there's that assumption if you're attached to these people then you're good or bad and that was how it was in renville too when we came out you know it's funny is when we moved out to renville my whole family i came out with my parents and my sisters and and i was pregnant and i had a kid and they did a front page story on us because they were just astounded that people moved from the cities to a to, small, a, to a small town um, but even after that, they read the paper and they were like, oh, I know you. No, I, hi, you haven't even introduced yourself. Yeah. Who are you? And so there's that presumption with the name. And I think that's part of that clickiness that we need to move away from. I would love to see, especially with just this topic, this issue, this sign that has created such a controversy. I, I kind of was like, why didn't the council like do like an open forum? And invite people to come in and talk about it and invite you to come in and have a discussion and and talk to other people and just because I normally a town that you would think that's what they would do yeah not just one or two people throwing a fit and name-calling and yeah all if it comes to it let's use positive or negative peer pressure yeah I'm sorry I grew up being told don't fall in the peer pressure yeah I don't now it's like you're doing the opposite of how everyone was raised mm -hmm. just because they don't like it which that's why my flag well i went from one flag to two flags and but you had a different flag up that you took down no you didn't i have the one that's on the flower bed right in front that's fuck biden harris oh, okay. that was the first one that's what caused the issue okay and then i hung up 
the other flag. I took my American flag down and hung up a fuck Biden. Okay, okay, got it. And you have an impeach Biden yep. flag now. Are you going to put that one out? Yep. Yeah. And the f- I'll probably put that one over the one on the flower bed. Yeah. So I'll still have one up, but... Okay, so here's the thought. Just something I wanted to share. My husband thought of it, and I actually thought it was a really good idea. Since the, the word fuck is so offensive, my husband thought, what if you put a sign out there that said something to the effect of, now you can talk to your children about swear words or something to that effect. Now you can have a conversation with your children about profanity. Mm-hmm. And to kind of counter that to show, I'm trying to create discussion here. And from my perception of that, I mean, I think you are. Whether or not you stated it or not, I see that in, I mean, in the work I do, I see that as a, an erotic component too interconnectedness and unity right yeah instead of demanding everybody have the same ideas let's see how everybody has different ideas and none of them are working against each other and for me I, I see that as an erotic component for the community like we need intimacy we need discussion we need closeness we need to be willing to get to know our neighbor yeah so that when we get to know them and understand where they're coming from we don't have to judge them so I mean I was fully prepared to come over here and be like well, let's just try and work on taking this sign down, right? I know your story, and I know who you are now, and I think it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. This is about what you think. This is your property, and you're exercising your rights. But it does pose one question, just I don't have the answer. If we don't exercise our rights, do you worry that we might lose them? Yeah. You do? Oh, yeah. If enough people don't then they'll exercise, think no one's going to stand up, and they'll just like they want to make up an ordinance over the flag. Yeah, they wanted which, to make a damn law. Yeah, and enforce it. The mayor himself even said, and the lawyer, constitutionally, you can't. Yeah, it'd be an illegal law that you cannot enforce. Which I think, if people don't do it, they'll be able to make ordinances left and right. And how many of them are going to be illegal ordinances? Cause like, my cousin lives in Iowa, and he had a friend comment because he got a flag. He owns a tattoo shop and everything that he started up, but he won't put it on his house or his business just because of the business. We had a friend comment that his city forced him to take it down, or he was going to get a fine every day that it was up. Wow. And I told him, I was like, constitutionally, they cannot do that. You, you have that right. You can get talk to a lawyer, and they'll tell you the same thing. But his position, he's a firefighter. Mm. So he didn't want to lose his position doing what he's been doing just over flag. So then he ordered a different one that says Biden, and then it's got his name crossed out. So it's still the same statement, just yeah, not different. as vulgar. Yeah. Huh. I would think that would be a discrimination lawsuit if he got fired over it. You can't discriminate yeah. against people's beliefs. Yeah, because you can be from another culture and... Like yeah. Somalians, they need their prayer time. A yeah. company has to accommodate that. Otherwise, you can sue the company. Yeah. Yeah, so we have to continue to protect the individual mm-hmm. and not just these ideas. And well, and the way I see it is they see one person going against the grain, they got to stop instantly so it doesn't, you don't have more people doing it. We don't it. want any more divergence. It's not like we're going to have a riot here in Olivia, yeah. which. Yeah. Let them, homeowners would probably take care of the right themselves, but... Yeah, I can't imagine people wanting to gather to just destroy property, but more or less wanting to know that they can still exercise their rights to address their grievances and stand mm-hmm. out and protest, and even stand outside naked holding a sign, which you are constitutionally you do, protected yeah. to do. Well, 
that about does it for me on my end. I, I just really appreciate you taking the time to sit down yep. and talk to me about this. And I am so looking forward to other people just hearing your story and knowing where you're coming from and knowing who you are so that they Yeah, because I, like I said, I've, met, I've been meeting people that I have no clue who you they are. You have a lot of support. There are a lot of people that support you. A lot of people that cannot publicly say yeah. they support you. So and I've heard that a lot from people, too. They're like, yeah. I wish we could do it, but the mm -hmm. position we're in... We just can't yeah. risk it. I went to the bar on Monday to go chat with people about the flag and about politics in general, and a lot of people support what you're doing. But they well, since, my house has been known as the Trump House yeah. since before he became president because that's how long my flags were up. And so you were known with just a perceived judgment too, I'm sure. Yep. So hopefully this will show other people and how you can get to know your neighbor and realize that David Hoffman is not a threat. Nope. He's not bringing protests. I might seem like an asshole, but I'm not doing it to be an asshole. It's just yeah. the principle of the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this concludes it.